Welcome back to UVA Data Points. I'm your host, Monica Manny. In today's episode, we're bringing you a panel discussion about the future of data science education, which was recorded live at our recent Datapalooza event. This panel delves into how the faculty at UVA School of Data Science is actively working to craft a liberal arts curriculum suitable for the digital age, one that not only adapts to, but embraces change in technology and in practice. The panelists have a wide-ranging discussion on data science education, including K-12 programs, UVA's guiding philosophy for its undergraduate and graduate programs, and the merits as well as challenges that arise when constructing a new educational curriculum for a new discipline. So with that, here's the future of data science education live from Datapalooza. Uh, I'm pleased uh, for this uh, session um, to introduce um, essentially our um, educational brain trust here in the, in the School of Data Science um, and um, to talk a little bit about where is the future of, data edu of um, education in data science headed. And it's a very um, unique um, point in time. Um, and I have some um, questions just to prompt um, some um, comments um, from the panelists, but um, I don't think there's anywhere else in the country where um, an entire school is being built around an entirely new discipline. Um, there are, of course, schools that are stood up and you rethink your, your education and um, you rethink your curriculum as you go through and there are routines for doing this. Um, but this is an opportunity to not just rethink about what you would traditionally teach, but what do you teach? What is data science? Um, and um, I think uh, as more and more data science programs get stood up across the country and um, every, almost everyone's unique, um, it's good to talk about what we're trying to do here, but also what we think, how this fits together, um, and, and how, uh, what are the essential elements of data science as, as we go through. So I just want to introduce our, our panel uh, real quick. So we have running down the order. We have Prince Afrier, who is uh, heading up our MS in uh, data science, and he oversees the residential in-person portion. Um, next to him, all right, so the orders of the circles and the panel are not the same. Next to him is uh, Tom Stewart. Uh, he is uh, directing our PhD in data science. John Kropko is directing our MS in data science, uh, the online uh, person, which have a couple hundred people online. And at the end, we have um, uh, Brian Wright, who is uh, our program director for our undergraduate programs. And as I think many of you heard, we will be starting our BS uh, uh, in data science um, next year, and uh, we're currently currently running the running the minor. So I wanted to give each each of you a chance just to introduce yourselves a little bit um, and a couple quick thoughts on um, what it's what it's been like over the last couple of years. Some of you are just starting, so I, I, Prince is just starting, but to um, have responsibility for a new program for which there is not general agreement in the community over what's taught. Um, and uh, just if you would just, we'll go down the line, just, just talk a few minutes, and then I have specific questions that, w that we can, that I'll pose to the group. So Prince, do you want to just start? Yes, uh, so thank you very much. Uh, thank you all for coming to this session. Um, so I think about data science as, and I think I'm gonna probably st uh, steal Brian's line here. Brian always is famous for talking about data science as the, um, the liberal arts education in our generation. I think data science is not a pipeline, but I, in my mind, I think about it as a watershed. Um, so we have a lot of different students from all backgrounds coming to data science. And so the question now is, especially in the master's program, how do we make sure that we teach all these courses 
so that we're able to reach everybody. And I think that is the primary thing about data science, uh, education in the future. How do we get to everybody? And that might mean like having a very innovative curriculum where we think about, again, reaching a broader audience, inc increasing participation in data science. And also it can be different modalities of teaching uh, data science. It could be online, it could be in person. I think another thing that we have done very well here is hiring people uh, with all backgrounds in, in our discipline in data science. Uh, at the School of Data Science, we have people from anthropology, history, uh, media studies, statistics, that's my background. And so uh, trying to bring a team that will reflect the student body. Um, and so I think about this as a very big opportunity to have these, uh, so one advantage would be like even team teaching the class. Another advantage of, will be like trying to make sure that students can learn at their own pace. It could be an online session, for example. So um, broadly, I think about data science as watershed, and we can get into the nitty gritty uh, coming up. Okay, we'll get into some of the nitty gritty as we go through. So uh, Tom, do you wanna go ahead? Sure, yeah. Introduce um, yourself. I'll just say that one of the, uh, the joys of being in a new school like data science is that you know, my next door neighbor is a network scientist, and then next to them is a mathematician, and then beyond them you know, is an economist. And I think that's one of the hallmarks of our, our, our educational programs here in data science is that it's actually, it's actually being put together by folks from all the different domains of data science. And I think that's a huge, huge plus. I mean, it comes definitely with its challenges. Um, I think I like to say that we, uh, all speak the same language data science, but we speak it with very different dialects. And that just requires a lot of patience as we kind of try to create um, a shared vision about what these educational programs should look like. And, and when you ask the question of like, what's important for this process, I, I think, uh, and at least in my mind, um, being willing to iterate and try things out and potentially fail. <laughs> Uh, but but to adjust and, and uh, keep pushing these programs towards something that we can all be proud of. So I sh should probably give a little bit of the history. So Prince is taking over a program that's been in existence for about 10 years. So this is a master's of data science. It's a three semesters program that we run for a year and it's mostly a uh, more traditional data science analytics fo focus. And Tom, You've, um, you're running the PhD program, which is a couple years old now. Mm -hmm. And that's a very, with a program with a very broad scope of what it means to be in data science. So it's not, and that's one of the things we'll talk about is, is not just machine learning. It's, uh, it talks about all, students learn about all the domains of, of data science. Uh, for those who are not familiar, the school has um, a vision about what data science is, and it's more than just machine learning. So machine learning is a, a portion of that. Um, a part of what we call uh, the analytics section. There's a systems part, which is high performance computing, understanding how systems work, interact, how data is stored. There's um, um, a domain uh, that we call the design domain that is focused on human computer interaction. Uh, there's, you can even think a little bit about how we store and collect data. You know, what's the design of that? How do you design experiments? And then there's another portion, uh, another domain um, that we call the value domain, which covers ethics, policy, data governance, data justice, impact to society. And so, for example, in our PhD program, students can focus in one of those areas, but there's a very broad curriculum in the first year or so, so students can get forced and introduced to all that rather than doing a, a, 
a lot. Um, so let me continue with the introduction. So John, you run the online program, which has uh, been, uh, been around just as long as the residential program, right? So um, yeah, it, it, it uh, came about a couple years after the residential program began. But so the online MSDS, uh, the whole point is to reach a community of students that the other programs can't reach. And that's people who are working full time and who aren't in a position where they can uproot their lives and move to the small college town in the middle of Virginia. So, you know, data science being a new field, um, lots, very few people have degrees in data science. Like may, maybe that'll change in the future. I mean, um, we're gonna generate a lot of people with degrees in data science, but you know, as of right now, there's a huge number of people who are working in industry who are being um, tasked with performing data science in their day-to-day -day jobs, but they weren't, they don't have the degree in data science, right? They would like to advance in their career, just like, you know, all of us would, right? So what is the opportunity to do so? Online education is a really important facet of education. We reach a tremendous number of, of people who, who, yeah, can't live that college life. We have to take that seriously and we have to give them a very high quality education while understanding that, hey, it's online, right? Things don't work quite the same. Can we meet people where they are, provide a good education that is over Zoom, that they pursue in the evenings after work on their weekends? Can we respect people's time and personal sacrifice if you're giving up all of your weekends and all of your evenings for this kind of thing. I mean, think about all the life moments you miss out on in order to pursue this dream, right? And to, and to advance and to meet your personal goals. Can we do that? Can we, can we be kind to people who are trying to achieve this while also helping people feel like students should feel like part of a university, you know, like a UVA student Somebody who cares about the basketball team, stuff like that, right? Um, so that is the, the, the trick, the challenge that I don't think globally online education has, has really mastered, right? How do you meet people where they're at while also fostering that sense of community? Um, that's what we try to do. Okay. Thanks, John. Uh, Brian. Yeah. All right. Great. <clears throat> that's a hard act to follow. You're so passionate. I love it. You're the right man for that job, I feel like. Uh, so yeah, so I'm the director of the undergraduate program. Uh, the, only, the only currently existing program that we have students enrolled in is the minor. Uh, we have 700 students, which is uh, the largest minor at UVA by I think twofold, no big deal. Uh, so, and then we have a, uh, we have a new uh, Bachelor of Science that's coming out next year. That's a three-year degree. So the definition of data science, you know, as it relates to uh, the undergraduate curriculum, the way we see it will be defined through that degree. And there's an equal balance to what Jeffrey was talking about in terms of the curriculum in each one of the areas. So there's no more analytics classes as there are ethics, our data design, our systems. It's equally balanced with our idea is to do exactly that, is to give students a broad exposure to uh, all the topics that we feel are important for them to be functioning data scientists. So as it rolls out, I think in large part it is a manifestation of the school's ideal of what data science is and UVA being largely an undergraduate uh, institution. So it's important to have that, have a foot in that space. So we're really looking forward to it. I think it's kind of the last cog in the school as it relates to maturity. So 
that'll start next year. So that's it. Thanks. Okay. So that's like uh, exciting. One of the things I chose not to do was put the curriculums up of each of the programs. I thought thought that was a little little too yep. too too narrow for what we are trying to do. So as people think about what data science education is, there there are broad existential questions about what do you have to know and what do you have to uh, learn to be a data scientist. And I didn't want to focus so much on the requirements as I did sort of the feel and the vision um, for the panel. So um, one of the things, I, I, I pulled some discussion points, and then I, I put a couple of my thoughts and in, in, in questions in red, and this is for the panel. So UVA has now been standing up several new degree programs. In the last couple of years, it's been a PhD and a BS to complement its existing MS programs in data science. And so I wanted to ask, um, you know, how do you characterize um, you know, the school's guiding philosophy for standing up a brand new educational program um, quickly um, for which there are there is no other model, right, uh, that, you, that you can't pull. So there's a lot of that iteration that sort of Tom talked with that. And, and to talk a little bit about the challenges in developing or maintaining these programs that, that are unique to the data science domain because, you know, the curriculum is not necessarily specified. So who would like to go first? Well, I'll give two Here's words. Right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Tom. Um, so for the PhD, I, I think I think for the PhD program, our, our goal is not to rebrand an existing program. We don't want our PhD in data science to just be rebranded statistics, rebranded engineering, right? We want it to be bespoke, custom to the demands that our students are going to uh, face when they leave the program. So I would say, at least for the PhD program, that's one of the guiding philosophies is custom for the students that we're attracting. And how do you handle, so traditionally, like uh, a, lot of, a lot of PhD programs are very narrowly focused, right? Mm -hmm. You get narrower. And so if you're custom, that sounds almost the opposite, broad, right? And so you're, you, how do you handle issues of, or how have you been handling issues of preparedness? And what, is, what backgrounds do you take? And, you know, what, you know, how do you, move somebody forward in the program? What, what are the benchmarks? How do you do that in a way that's custom? Yeah, well, it's definitely a challenge, as you know well. Yeah. Um, but you're absolutely right. We do attract students from a wide variety of backgrounds, and we want students from a wide variety of backgrounds. Uh, it just means that we're going to have to bring in, we're going to have to create uh, different pathways or stepping stones into the PhD program. Right, somebody that comes to us from systems engineering who has a lot of technical ability is going to enter into the program at a different point than, say, somebody who's coming to us from the humanities and needs to develop some of the foundational skills that was achieved uh, you know, uh, for other students in their undergraduate program. So it's, I think it's creating different points of entry and being okay with that, being, being encouraging that so that we can attract a wide variety of students. And so how's the experience been working with faculty who come from all over as well and, and trying to agree on, you know, what's the b base? Well, um, I would just, just hang it all out yeah, there. Yeah, I mean, so what's... You sit the, around, you know, uh, in, in faculty meeting and you ask everybody, okay, what should a PhD in data science look like? And the statistician describes a statistics degree and the engineer describes an engineering degree and everybody just describes their own experience as what they think a PhD in data science should be. And I think we have to intentionally um, avoid 
doing that, right? Because that's just reinventing the wheel. That's reinventing a program that's already been developed. And, and we need to, um, again, getting back to that custom, right? Um, make, making a program that's not just a, a, a remashing, but really specific to what our, what, what our students mean. So, uh, Brian, I know you just similar problems or similar challenges, I should say, when starting up the, the bachelors. And so what does it look like? And so how, how did you, how do you pull people together behind, a, you know, a, a vision? Yeah. From I ask for their opinions, ignore them, then do what I want. I, so I, so I, I think it's, it's an important point at the, uh, just kidding, uh, obviously. Uh, it's an important point of the evolution of the field of data science, right? Because I think over the last 10 years, if I can just, you know, uh, do a little historical context here, we really saw a dramatic expansion relative to graduate, especially master's programs in the field. And that's largely because I think that's the easiest space to stand something up. So to Tom's point, you know, usually those courses are stood up and they're like, let me give it a stats class, let me get a computer science class, let's put that together and then we'll, we'll call it data science, which is fine at that period of time. I think right now where we're at, we're at this inflection point where we need to stop just grab bagging courses and say to ourselves, what do we really want this field to be? What is the body of knowledge that best represents this unique domain? We have our own school of data science, let's define what it is. So, and we've done that um, and we did the work for that. And so when we go to design the undergraduate curriculum, that's the perspective that we started with, a blank canvas. And, and the minute you do that, it gives you a certain amount of freedom to actually envision what the degree should be through the lens of the collection of people that we have involved in the process, which is really, it's, just, it's a lot of fun, to be honest. And so as compared to just taking courses and trying putting it together, we, did, we just didn't do that. So like even for the math courses, we created a unique mathematics curriculum that's tailored to the field, all right? So computational probability, which is a course that, that Tom and others are teaching, actually comes first, right? And a lot of domain, a lot of educational programs in the undergraduate space, you don't get probability to way towards the end. But for us, it's really important, so we put it in the front. And so we created a mathematics and data science course as well that pulls out certain um, concepts from linear algebra and calculus that are really important. We do the same thing for systems, all right, for design as well. So we created kind of this unique courses, and we have the luxury to, I'll stop, I feel like I'm wandering on, but here we have the luxury to do that because we have our own school and we didn't inherit any biases from other departments, which is pretty unique in the entire country. To, to Jeffrey's point, there's only a few places that actually can do that. Most of them are taking existing departments and putting them together. So for us, I actually think it was a little bit easier because we had this blank canvas that we could stand up. Now it requires a lot of discussion uh, a lot of really lengthy emails about what math should be taught, you know? So there's a lot of discussion, which is what you want, you know, in, in the situations where you reach out to faculty members and there's kind of a, you know, a, uh, you know, a very large silence, then you're worried. But we, we haven't had that experience at all. So it's been great. And I think we just have to keep in mind, you know, that we are creating something new and that we're not gonna get it exactly right, right? But we've been given the luxury to be able to do that, which is really very unique in, education settings generally, to be able to have a new school, a new space, and new degrees that you can uniquely define. It just doesn't happen that often. And if you combine that with the idea that data science is in such high demand, it's a, it's a, really, it's a really fun time to be there. So, yeah. And then I don't know if either uh, Prince or John you want to talk, but I know um, while the program's existing, John, I know you're, you're, we're actively expanding some of the tracks in the online program and Prince, we are uh, re-examining the curriculum 
sort of waiting a year to get the, the bachelors up and going so we're not doing everything at the same time. But uh, again, as you're thinking about expanding these programs, is are there things that sort of you want to add to, you know, about what it's like for revisiting these curriculums or adding in? So um, the residential master's program was here when the school, it was not a school yet, it was an institute. And so because of that, um, the way we define data science, which the school's uh, four plus one model, the courses are currently mostly analytics. Um, and we have at least one course from each of the domains. Uh, we are currently thinking about revamping everything. Um, and um, it's gonna take a while to, to get to that point, especially with a big undergraduate population coming in next year. But we are thinking to redesign the whole thing so that it encompasses the definition of data science uh, in the four plus one model. Um, uh, in, in terms of redesign, online it's a little bit tricky because you, you, you put all of the course material online and it, it's like you, you've um, written a book, you know, so, so uh, the, the course is taught through that, that material and then you meet with the students to facilitate their journey through that material. But if you're going to redesign things, it, it's a huge administrative burden. Uh, are you going to re-record all the videos or gonna rewrite all of the code examples and you know, all that stuff? So, you know, yes, you have to. The, the trick is just uh, how do you run a program in which you have sufficient time and energy and resources and attention to redesigning the courses, whether that is um, big or small, big in that, you know, you wanna, redo the entire curriculum and introduce like uh, a, a different paradigm of how we progress through this idea of data science, okay. Or small, like we're gonna use a different library for machine learning now. Um, nobody uses that one, they all use this one now, so we've gotta redo all of our slides and everything. Um, both of them are huge tasks. So for us, it's, it's, not, it's not quite so philosophical, although you know, um, the, the big ideas are very important, it's more, Oh Lord, how are we going to do it? <laughs> There's a lot to redo. So it's got to be more purposeful, right? Yeah. And, 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 as you do that, because you can't just show up and do something different. Um, one of the things I'll say uh, that sort of leads into the next thing is the things that I get asked or, or talked about is, can the students have more uh, practice with ethics? Can the students have more practice with how this will impact policy? There's very few employers who come to me and say, who's your best coder? I, in fact, so even here and at Vanderbilt where I stood up their data science program, I've never been asked that question. But I get asked all the time, who's your best communicator? Who understands models well? And who, can, who, can, who has the basic principles? And so, and so as we're changing some of the curriculum, we're thinking about this as a school. So how, how are we going to generate a workforce um, that, um, that people will hire? Scott you know, was just sort of talking about people that hire. A lot of companies feel like they can train folks on the technical, so on some technical sides, as long as you have a basis, but they can't necessarily train on some of the other people's skills or the facility to understand how things impact. Um, and so this is sort of gets back to this sort of um, a little blurb from the um, session description, which, which I really like, which was crafting a liberal arts curriculum suitable for the digital age. One that not only adapts, but embraces challenges in technology and practice. It gets to the sort of dis data science, machine learning, 
Um, and, and so I, I, this got me thinking, I'd like to hear the panel's thoughts about, so what, what does, what should be in a data science education, right? So beyond, you know, uh, maybe what are some of the key skills, you know, that you're hoping to teach beyond just the technical pieces, what are we also imparting at, at, at different levels? So when, when I think about data science, I think about our domains are preset, but I think most people think about data science, it involves data collection, um, which ethics have to come in. Uh, it involves data um, integration. It involves uh, data analysis. Um, and so all of these are part of our, our definition of what data science should be. And so I think when we have our students live in our program, I want a more holistic person, not just somebody who can just write codes or somebody who could just, um, um, just communicate what data visualization or anything like that, but thinking about values, uh, thinking critically about what they are really doing and the implications of that in society. Um, and so when I think about our students coming from our program, that's exactly, I want a more whole, a student who is more whole. Um, I, I could, uh, y you know, uh, <laughs> I, I, when I got all my, my, my data training, in the classroom, it was all statistics. Like uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a political science PhD, and it was all um, econometrics and methodology and like that. It was all statistics. And in the classroom, it was almost always, here's a clean data set. Let's talk about regression. Let's talk about all the assumptions that have to be true for a regression to be. But here's a clean data set. And that is such a fantasy world. Um, you know, I, I think that one of the things that uh, data science can and should do that is maybe uh, a little bit non-traditional in an academic sense is let's give people horrible, messy data that will make people's uh, heads explode. Because, uh, you know, so sometimes um, if you can wrangle huge amounts of data and get it from a variety of different sources, from uh, the Excel file from Hades or uh, from, from APIs or web scraping or various databases, some of which you have to use SQL and some of which you have to use some weird arcane NoSQL query language. Um, if you could get data from all those sources and put it together, maybe at the end of all that, all you need is a cross tab. <laughs> so it's still data science because all of those skills to get the data and to get it in a format where it's usable, uh, vastly important. So the, and not something that you uh, necessarily always get traditionally in a classroom. So the, the data wrangling is part of the scientific process. Oh, yeah. and, and I think that, that that sort of flows through how, how we think about what data science is. Any other additions before I go to the next? I don't have to have a bite. I mean, I'll, I'll just say that we do have kind of a, a focus on the effective side of terms of the emotional intelligence of the students. You know, when we think about the undergraduate, both through leadership roles and then how they work in teams and how they communicate back and forth with each other, because I think that's an important trait, right? Because in a lot of times these roles are going to be stressful, all right? You might be one of just a few people in as a data scientist in an organization, because to John's point, there's still a lot of demand, but not necessarily we're meeting that supply exactly. So. I think building in some of those things, you know, teamwork and kind of leadership uh, are important points that we're trying to build inside of the co-curricular activities that students are doing inside the undergraduate, which I think kind of goes to this idea of not just rote kind of uh, skill acquisition, but creating kind of a more enriching holistic experience. Yeah. 
That's great. You guys aren't, haven't started asking each other questions yet. So uh, l let me try and then think. This is a future, so we're focused on the future. So I, I was wondering, everyone just sort of assumes data science is the future. If we could talk a little bit about why you think data science programs are the future. You, you could have a cynical view of, OK, they pop up because people are interested in data science, and they want to um, you know, they want to make some money, right? Um, or you could dance. Um, whatever with this. But so, so why do you think, and I, I put just down some things um, uh, that, that I was thinking, but I'd like to hear, as you think about your programs, why do you think these programs, I mean, you each had to, had to make a commitment to run a program, so you obviously think it's going to be around. So what is it about data science that's lasting here that, that, that wasn't here before? Well, I'll, I'll start out. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, you know, perhaps, um, you know, the PhD is probably, the PhD program is probably slightly different than the other ones in that there's a really big emphasis on innovation, right? What is a dissertation in data science? Well, it's an innovation that changes the practice of data science in some way. And, um, you know, as, as, and I think innovation begets innovation in the sense that we have these new, for example, large language models. There's a lot of innovation that needs to happen around that, right? Both in the implementation, but also on the theory. And so, um, you know, why, why is data science going to stick around? Um, because there's so much opportunity for innovation. Um, and I, I think that's increasing, not decreasing. So, so what is it about the data science formula that seems that, that's so attractive? So, I, I mean, some of these skills are, you know, as you talk about, they're elsewhere, right? So people can kind of cobble together the knowledge, and they, they have been for some time. But there's really been this explosion now um, where data science is a thing. It's not just the blend of statistics and computer science and some domain knowledge, right? So, so what is it that, what's the magic sauce there that you think that, um, that makes that different? Well, I, I mean, I think in large part, the demand, at least the origination of the field, really came from like what these roles are in industry, right? So it's unique in an academic sense. Computer science is probably the same way, but like the skills that people were using in the job force needed to be formalized into a, into a field, right? You know, so you have your, you know, Harvard, you know, kind of announcing it's gonna be the sexiest job of the 21st century, data scientists are coming out swinging. And I don't, it doesn't appear that that demand curve from industry in terms of what the skills that they're looking for has, has shifted at all. If anything, it just keeps escalating, right? And so I think there's a lot, which is a healthy back and forth, I think, between what we define it in academia in terms of creating foundational skills that are necessary for them to, for students to go out and function, but also this just kind of never ending demand that we get from the industry side about what types of things the students should be learning and you know what we should be incorporating. I mean, the communication skills is a good example, right? I the same way, you know, a lot of employers you talk to, you know, being able to communicate the models is super important. Otherwise they just don't exist, right? And so that's a demand signal we get, we get, from, uh, we get from industry. So I think that's in part of it is that just, you know, the, the kind of, the continuous push that we get in partnership with people outside the walls of academia. And then, you know, I, I, I do think like as the field has matured over time, there's a real body of knowledge there that's starting to develop and people are recognizing it as a unique domain. And then you have academics 
and, and researchers really jumping on board to help further define it. So it's really kind of a natural, I think, partnership between the demand we see in industry and like real curiosity and interest from academia. And that just, those two things don't happen all that often, you know, so it just keeps driving it forward. So uh, yeah, that's what I think. Prince. So I'll add that, that, yeah, the explosion came from employers looking for data science. Yeah. And also in our own lives, we, we basically leave footprints of data everywhere we go. You buy something from Amazon, you watch Netflix, you, you know, yeah. you are actively participating in data. Um, and so people are catching on to this that I'm giving so much data, I'm collecting so much data, how do I find insights into all of this? And I think that um, for the scope of data science to say at the master's level, uh, we should be training students who learn the more, uh, the, the field of data science is also evolving. Every day there are new tools, new methods that help uh, analyze data. And so how do we also keep up with all of that? So it comes from maybe restructuring the course, uh, even for existing courses, bringing in new tools to let students learn about the new technology that's going on. Uh, we're thinking about, um, there's a lot of demand in say sports analytics. How do we design a new course on sports analytics? There's a lot of demands on large language models. How do we think about all of these before they catch, before, um, before uh, other people or other programs actually do that? So how do we get in front of it rather than being reactive to all of that? So when I think about the ideal student or how, what students take away, learning all these stuff that makes them whole, in addition, learning all the new tools out there for them to be competitive in the job market and even do better when they, when they work at a company. Yeah, it's, it's interesting as the common thread, you know, as, as you listen, seems to be this ability to work and function and innovate in an interdisciplinary space. And, it, and it's sort of almost a little bit of an opposite direction rather than going more and more narrow. You're now preparing people to sort of go in the other way and learn and, and, be, and be sophisticated there. So there have to be some general tools, like you say, that I teach. So it's not just about this particular method or that method that goes. So that, and so that ability, especially as well in the PhD program, if you think about our students, they're all innovating in some interdisciplinary space, um, which, which, which is exciting, yeah. I, I'd like to, um, you know, th this question, are data science programs the future? I, n no. Um, so it's not the future, it's like a part of the future, you know? So, um, are, is there anybody here with like uh, social science background? Yeah, like sociology, political science, stuff like that, right? So, okay, you know, there, there are different methods of research. A lot of that is qualitative. A lot of the most profound insights that come to us from social science are qualitative. I mean, that stuff, the, the importance of that is not going away. Um, I, I, I just want to be clear that there's an anxiety out there that data science is coming for your jobs. Man, it's just like another tool in the toolkit. I think of it like, like this. Coming from a, a political science background, when we, we had like five data sets that we would just analyze over and over and over, right? We've got one called the American National Election Study. And that was, that's been asked like uh, after every major election in the United States going back to 1948. It's a great survey we were analyzing it over and we've got thousands of articles on the American National Election Study. Well, one of the things that data science does is it changes definition of what is data, quantitative data. Is political text data? Yeah. You know, the last few years we've had a huge explosion in text 
analysis leading up to large language models? What about political videos? You know, uh, we've got 24-hour cable news that's all political, right? Um, audio and, you know, in, environmental sensing, like, the, the, the boundaries of what is data continue to expand. And so when we say data science is the future, I think it's, it's mostly data is the, is the future, but there are many different ways to analyze it. It just expands emission and it's, there, there's enough here for everybody. I, I, I just, if, any, if anybody here has anxiety about like, data science is gonna be taking over everything else, I just don't think it's true. It's, We're definitely not taking over everything. Yeah. We've got plenty to do as, as we are. We're not taking over UVA. Yeah, we're not, we're not taking over anything. Um, so, um, just, uh, so just to get back to sort of um, so, some more of the discussion points, uh, there's a lot of problem solving that goes on in data science. And you think about, well, how do you develop problem solving, right? It's teaching uh, critical thinking skills, collaborating, communicating. So um, I think we've talked a little bit about why this is important for future data science, but how have you, got, how have, um, you reoriented your curriculum to make sure that these, you know, to teach these skills, to reinforce these skills, to give students practice at this? I wonder, if Brian, if you want to take a first shot at this as, as in we'll sort of go up the way from bachelor's up. Yeah, so I think there's a real emphasis on uh, critical thinking throughout the undergraduate curriculum. So one of the mantras that we went into this with, and we have, we have the luxury of space, right? As compared, maybe in the PhD has this luxury too, maybe more so in the graduate, less so in the graduate, is that over the course of three years, what we're trying to do is less deeper. So there, we think that there are foundational things that the students should know really well, and we shouldn't be compelled necessarily just to move forward to the next thing. As a result of that, uh, it gives you the freedom to think of these things in more complex ways, right? And that encourages them, if they have a mastery of these topics, to be able to think about how they apply in situations that aren't perfectly curated, which is essentially critical thinking, um, facilitating critical thinking. Uh, so we have lots of, we have project-oriented courses where they work together in teams, they have to think through problems. I would say, it's, it, I think it's definitely true that essentially you're building kind of problem solvers with data, you know, but we do that. There's an orientation towards active learning, participatory kind of team building um, throughout the curriculum. So I, it's, it's hard because you're not gonna get it exactly right, but we have kind of a, a genesis of first principles approach to try and <clears throat> do less topics deeper and then encourage them to work in teams to think through these topics in a way that allows them to create the analytical agility or whatever that is to pick up new topics and apply what they've learned to the new space which is really the job, I mean, in all fairness. I mean, most of the time, data scientists are out there, you're being asked to do a lot of work that you don't have perfect understanding on, right? So it's a lot of it is teaching yourself uh, how to use a new type of data, you know, teaching yourself how to use a new modality of model, teaching yourself a new system. Because the field moves so fast, it's impossible for us to teach you everything you're going to need. But we can teach you how to teach yourself. And so that's kind of the idea, is to do a little bit less uh, but do it deeper so they get a real kind of, I said that a couple of times now, I guess, but to get a real kind of understanding of the depth of these topics. And then that allows them the analytical agility or the intellectual agility to be able to do that when they go out in the real world and are confronted with a problem that requires a tool set that they don't know because that's 100% going to happen. So, yeah. 
just a bit on what Brian just said. Um, so I used to teach calculus. Um, and calculus is not going to change. Uh, I mean, the application might change, but calculus itself is not going to change. The field of data science, every topic that you teach in there has potential of changing you know, quite, um, fat, very, in, a, in a very fast speed. And so when I think about the curriculum changes that we're going to be making in the master's program, I want to, similar to what Brian is saying, put in, um, so I came from a place that the whole model was learned by doing. And I want to encourage a lot of that. Uh, I think that students learn so much when they get to participate in their own learning. And so giving the students opportunity to do projects, to dig deeper into data sets and uh, finding more meaning, I think it's going to be, I think it's, that part is revolutionary compared to the field that I'm coming from, math. Um, and so uh, we want to be very intentional about having students learn by doing. Okay. Other comments? All right, we'll go on to the next. Um, one of the things, at least that I see, that keeps coming up, um, and, and I wanted to sort of take this talk about it at a higher level and bring it down through a pipeline, was how you handle the variation in student preparedness and, and the background knowledge. Um, and, th and this has come up regardless of the program, the PhD, the masters, the bachelors, but also now as the school is talking about preparing students for, for, for college education, right? So what's the basics that you need? So that I have those thoughts about the K-12 pathway. So it's a very wide point, but I think it's a, it's a really important one. It also, um, it also changes very much what your curriculum looks like if you don't assume you have one set of, of uniform. And a lot of times a simple boot camp is not gonna bring everyone up to the same place. So I'd love to hear how you've handled the problems you've had and how you're, how you're handling some of this. And um, we're gonna talk, then we can talk a little bit about how we're, we're, we're working our way into the K through 12 pathway. I think it's a challenge because uh, we pride ourselves as the school of without walls. We wanna get everybody in to come learn data science, it's exciting. But also there are some backgrounds that we, you know, we require, especially for the master's program. Um, there are some courses that's going to require you knowing probability. And so how do we, we don't currently have that, so how do we make sure that students are on that level? Um, some calculus, I talked about calculus earlier, um, some linear algebra, so we want students to have all these backgrounds before they come in. But there's going to be a lot of, we're going, we also attract students that are from not uh, stat, not math, no computer science backgrounds. and so. We, we are thinking about processes to you know, give those backgrounds to the students before they actually start the program. So regardless of your background, you can still come in, but how do we make sure that you're on the same page with everybody uh, in the program? Seems like that gets harder to do as, yeah. the, as the programs sort of go up, it's like for the PhD program, that's, that's hard to do. Yeah, I know in the, the PhD program, uh, a lot of people are actually surprised that we actually have a required curriculum. <laughs> uh, some folks are really familiar with PhD programs where you just show up, you start working in somebody's lab, and you just work in that lab until your advisor blesses you and says, okay, you're ready to get your PhD. Uh, and at UVA, we've decided to buck that trend and actually lean into kind of the liberal arts aspect uh, of data science and actually have a curriculum that has to span all of the different domains of data science, at least at the beginning, and then give the students an opportunity to really dig in and 
um, specialize in, in one of those domains. <clears throat> and um, so, you know, the, the point, the question here of how have we handled that variation is um, we've required our PhD curriculum to have that broad, um, that broad view at the very beginning. And, you know, we have students that come in and who have lots and lots of experience with machine learning. And we said, great, welcome to the program. But guess what? You're going to have to take a data policy and data ethics class, which is something that um, they may not have uh, anticipated as part of their PhD program. So really leaning into that, that liberal arts aspect of data science and actually requiring all of our PhD students to have that those broad set of skills before they go deep into their innovative work. So you're sort of sort of shoring some people out. You're smoothing out, but that that takes time, right? Yeah, right. And so people have to be willing to to take the time to do that. That's right. That's right. And um, do you get uh, sorry? Do you get because of that? Do you get people from broader backgrounds who are applying? I, I mean, I know you get a lot of um, students who apply to the PhD program, but the, are their backgrounds just as broad as you would? Yeah, I, I mean, it's always where we're just about to start a new application cycle. And um, it, it really is kind of exciting to see the variety, right? We get folks that, um, you know, are, are coming to us from religion and um, humanities and journalism and obviously we attract a lot of folks from from engineering and statistics but it is a really wide variety of applications that we receive I, I think it has to do with what Brian said that you know the, the most important skill isn't anything we teach the students it's it's helping the students learn how to teach themselves and you know, so so mostly what what you're trying to manage is um, the motivation, and I think projects go a long way towards that. If you have a good project, um, there are going to be people who have all this like STEM background, coding ability at the at the outset, um, but might not know too much about the application of the project. And then there are going to be people who just really care about the project, but might not have the coding or or whatever. And then what what you have to conveyed to both people is how important it is to train yourself up on the parts that you still need, you know? So um, like our, our capstones that we do in the master's program are, are a good example of that. Like choose some real world application and then do what it takes to get it done. You know, if, if students graduate not knowing everything, but, but knowing that they are capable of training themselves, and learning what they need to learn and getting done what they need to get done that way, that, that's a success. Brian, for the undergrad, I'm wondering if you could just talk about two points. One is how, what sort of background you assume students have, how you would attract them. Yeah. Two, I know you often say your goal is to generate undergraduates who essentially are as good as the master's students. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that we can push uh, the master's programs up 
right? Yeah. So, that, so there's, there's this sort of bottom push. It's the same sort of through K through 12. So if you could talk a little bit about that, I think that, that that's a long range goal for the school. But A long range. We'll be there in three years. Pepsi challenge for the master's program. Bring it on. Uh, so I, yeah, I think the undergraduates, a large part what we're teaching in the, in the uh, master's program actually translates pretty directly to the undergraduate. And that's because the nature of how the field developed in the master's uh, level. I mean, we teach programming, kind of basic regression courses, databases. I mean, all that, that stuff can be translated down. The variety of students that we have, it, we have 700 students in the, in the minor. Uh, they come from every major on campus, every single one. I mean, there's, some, there's probably some unique majors, right, that aren't represented, but it's in the 60s when we count. The polarity of students, the demographics are all across the table. It's, been, it's majority female, actually, in the program, which is really exciting. So they come from just a huge variety of backgrounds. And to John's point, you, you kind of work that through in the classroom, you know? Uh, you know, a media studies, a computer scientist, and a statistician together make a pretty awesome data science team, right? <laughs> I had a group do text analysis on all their Taylor Swift albums, right? And so it turns out she was really mad in like 2012, right? So it was like this fluctuation in her, but it was awesome. I mean, that was the team that, that did that. And then their ability to be able to communicate it was really just great. So I think there's some, I think as much as it is a, a concern, it's actually a pretty fun opportunity. You know, they learn from each other um, and as long as you create an environment where it's healthy and it's trusted and they, they don't feel pressure to compete with each other, then these kind of organic uh, niceties just kind of emerge, you know, out of that. And I, to be honest, I think the polarity of the, well, the, the non-conformist nature of the students coming into the classroom ends up being one of the most joyous parts of it because it can be really fun, you know, because everybody kind of brings their own perspective. It's hard, but it's also awesome. It's hard. Yeah. 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 And the, the educational model is different very often than what we think about. Yeah. So you get more and more specific. Yeah. Um, thoughts about K, K through 12 and supporting and, and getting students who come to the university with some of these skills already as? So yeah, I guess I'll, I'll start there. So, we, so we've been, I, my background is actually in education. Um, and I think there's some people here in the room that probably know, you know Robert Clayton and Kim Wilkins probably have done a lot of good work trying to, especially in the Charlottesville area, to develop curriculum and pathways for students. I think, like I, like I kind of talked about, the origination of the field was in this graduate. It's starting to move down and up. So we've gone up to the PhD level. We're going down to the undergraduate. It seems to me the next logical step is down to K through 12, which a lot of good work is already occurring. I mean, I think we had our lieutenant governor here for an entire day uh, a few weeks ago, and her major focus was in thinking about creating data literacy, like a campaign around that, and how we could put that into Virginia schools as something as foundational as mathematics and reading and writing literacy, that it should be something that we think about as a contemporary modality for students, which I think is great. So we developed some partnerships, um, mostly through the education school, the hard work they've done over there, to schools in the area, putting lab schools together where they can come and practice data science and computer science skills. So I think there's a path, I think there's a pathway there under, you know, K through 12 is complicated, right? You know, changing these things is, it becomes as much as an endeavor in politics as it does in philosophy about learning, you know? So there's, it's complicated there, but I think as the field matures and we see more and more kind of undergraduate com programs come out and they are gonna skyrocket, I think in the next 10 years. I, I mean, I'm aware of at least four more just in the state of Virginia that are gonna be proposed next year. Um, then I think there'll be this natural inertia to figure out how we can incorporate communities in the K through 12 into these undergraduate programs. And part of, our, part of our plan is to take the students when they get up as part of their service learning requirement to go out into the community and teach if possible and encourage the next generation of students to get into data science. So 
we're, we're really looking forward to that. I think that's part of this idea that we're not just training tech, technocrats, but we're training data science leaders, and they have an obligation to pay it forward for the next generation. So the university is really supportive of that, and we're, there's a lot of good programs, you know, a lot of them being driven by Kim and others in the area that allow us to get our students out into the community. So I think, and that should encourage, again, a kind of a healthy ecosystem about how these things bubble up in that K through 12 system. So it's great. We work really close with Albemarle County as well, you know, doing data analysis for them. So anyway, sorry, but yeah. That's great. Anyone else? Okay, so we have a few minutes at the end. I just wanted to um, get final thoughts and then open it up for, for questions if, if people have, have questions from, so either. Alex, you have, you gotta wait for the mic. So full disclosure, I'm not an uninterested party. I'm Director of Research Administration for the School of Data Science. I'm just asking uh, the panelists to talk about the role of research in data science education. All right, a natural place to start might be you, Tom. I, uh, sure. So. Yeah. yeah, obviously the research program of the school and the PhD program are very interlinked. Um, and there is a, can either be a, a virtuous cycle or a vicious cycle, right? The PhD program can support the school's uh, research endeavors or it can uh, take from it. Um, obviously, we're, we're trying to build a PhD program um, that, that, that is focused on, on innovation through research. And um, yeah, so we're, we're excited to provide our students lots of opportunities to interact with faculty in research settings as they're trying to dis navigate who they're going to work with um, in their in their PhD um, in their in their PhD research so we, we we from the very beginning from the very first summer our students are focused on research and having those opportunities to interact with faculty in those research settings and of course at the end of the program generate research output that gets published um, in the master's program the research path I think I think of with uh, the Capstone Project. So the Capstone Project is so open that uh, basically the students get to apply every skill they've learned through the program. Sometimes it's in, while they're taking these classes on real life data setting that impact business decisions, impact um, the community and stuff like that. So, um, and like I think John described this earlier that sometimes these students don't have the tools for these projects that they're gonna embark on. But being able to teach themselves or being able to learn and have a faculty advisor who can guide them through the process, uh, they get a lot uh, from the capstone. They can also get a lot of research exposure through independent study. So as a program director, sometimes I approve an independent study for students. And uh, there's an opportunity there. But also, we want that research, like independent study, to be the same rigor as they will have in the, in, in the classroom. So, um, so we have a few students that are doing independent study uh, in the spring for that reason. Thank you. All right. Yeah. Um, my name is Christian Wurtz. I work at UVA Health um, as a data scientist. When we hire data scientists and look at their CV and their application, we evaluate in three dimensions. In the classic three dimensions we mentioned earlier, it is the coding, computer science, IT ability, 
second math stats, and third domain knowledge, including business acumen, but also understanding in our case of, of healthcare. Um, we have about 14 data scientists, some of graduates from your program, um, but the majority have PhDs in astrophysics, psychology, engineering, all over the place, um, nurses. So that also, the, the example you gave early on the team of people, that's what we are. And so what my boss actually told me, he's much longer at this than I am, is that he has never found a single applicant who's excellent in all three domains. Typically people have um, you know, weaknesses um, and then they're willing to, to work on them. But do you think, and, and obviously as a data science school, you're gonna teach them very well in math um, and stats and in computer science area. But do you think that domain knowledge, and I'm not talking just taking a business class, but integrated domain knowledge, in our case, healthcare, which is highly complex, um, finance, maybe there are other domains where this is the case, play a role in, in, in the curriculum in the short time you have with the students? Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, um, the domain knowledge for, so we have a lot of projects from our capstone from actually UVA Health. Uh, so a lot of students get to learn at least specifics for what they have to do their capstones on. So they, they get that knowledge there. We also have partnership programs. So for example, we have a combination degree with Darden that um, have students that are getting a master's MBA and also getting a data science master's. We are under, thinking about other, expanding this a little bit across uh, different uh, institutions on, on grounds. And so we are trying to build, work on this and build on this as well. Um, in the online masters, we've got uh, already running a course, uh, Data Science for Business Applications, that, that's been running for a while now. Um, and we're, as, as you know, we're working to develop a data science for healthcare. Um, and the purpose of these courses is to talk about, you know, okay, so you've learned all these skills, code, methods, all of that, uh, but you need to, to see how these things apply in this industry because you could know everything in a textbook academic way and then show up in some industry and be completely clueless because of differences and how people use these things, talk about these things, think about these things. We, yeah, so, so you know, we're, we're trying to, to, I mean, it's hugely important and we're trying as best we can in, in the time we've got in the master's program to address it. Yeah, and same, same in the undergraduate, we actually have, we have concentrations that are both internal and external to the school as part of the curriculum. And so those concentrations are three classes in a domain area. So we have one that we're working on with uh, neuroscience. We have another one with sociology. We have one with McIntyre. Uh, we have one with the education school, actually. It was the first one that went through that's focused on kind of educational concepts. So the idea, and this is, this is kind of a little bit of the Berkeley model. There's things about the Berkeley program that I think we were doing, uh, <coughs> we're doing better. But this part of it, the concentration areas are really, are really great. So the idea is to have you know, maybe a couple dozen of those. And they're existing courses where students will take the knowledge that they've learned over the course of several years inside the school and then go apply it outside by taking an introductory course and then two higher level kind of data oriented courses in that field. So again, we have the luxury of a bit more space. So we anticipate probably, you know, students graduating with multiple concentrations. But the idea is exactly that, is to take the skills and actually see how they function in some, in some unique area. Because data always comes from somewhere, right? Doesn't magically appear. So important to understand the field with which it emanates from. Yeah. We're better than Berkeley in basketball, at least. That's true. That's true. That's true. <laughs>
I think, uh, do you want to say? Well, I'll just say, like in the PhD program, we do have that advantage of time. And so, yeah. speaking about like UVA Health, um, it, it, it would not be um, surprising to see a PhD student who actually is working with a team at UVA Health for multiple years. And I think, I think there's just some things that can't be learned in the classroom that have to have, go through that, that, uh, that experiential that comes through just having time to do it. I think from the broad perspective of the school, there's too many domains, right? So you can't teach all the domains, but you can teach how to be a team scientist, right? And how to engage through, and they may, um, the exist, uh, existential experience might be through health. But health is ginormous, right? You could be working with medical records, you could be working in genomics, you could be working looking at radiology scans, you can be doing all of the above, right? So part of that is teaching some skills that are transferable to other domains. And that goes along with this sort of foundations of what do you teach in data science as we're moving a little bit away from teaching you how to code this model to what does it mean? What's a model? What are the things that you would check with a model? That little bit of generalizability is helpful. It's also helpful for learning how to do that team science piece, I think. And so the school does have some emphasis and I think some goal of being able to do that. So, you know, you heard Phil say the humanities he views very much as a partnership. Well, that's, a, that's also, you can imagine, a domain science. But you have to learn how to interface with that domain science, the language is different as well. So that blending is hard, but you can teach it, I think, and it's an important part of what, what we're trying to teach. Um, I want to thank, I have to wrap up at this point, so I, I want to um, thank our panel and just a couple announcements before some applause. Um, there's a lunch session that's immediately following this. I believe you can pick it up. It's, it's right in that room. Then people will be coming back in here to eat and socialize. There are some information sessions if you're interested in one of our programs, bachelor's, oh. master's, or PhD, and they're in other different rooms around the floor. And then immediately after lunch, there will be um, a series of uh, breakout sessions again. And so thank you everyone for coming. Please join me in thanking our panel. Thanks for checking out this week's episode. We'll be back soon with a new conversation. In the meantime, check out our previous episodes, which cover a wide range of subjects within the field of data science. And again, if you're enjoying the show, please leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you'd like to contact us, you can send us an email at uvadatapoints at virginia.edu. We'll see you next time. <laughs>